Of all the trees that grow so fair, old England to adorn. Greater on our beneath the sun, but O can ash and thorn. Sing O can ash and thorn, good sir, all of our midsummer's morn. Surely we sing of no little thing, but O can ash and thorn. Oak of the clay, live many a day, or ever in years began. Ash of the loam was a lady at home when Brute was an outdoor man. Thorn of the downs saw new Troy town from which was London born. Witness here by the ancient cry of Oak and Ash and Thorn. Sing Oak and Ash and Thorn, good sir, all of our midsummer's morn. Surely we sing of no little thing but Oak and Ash and Thorn. You that is old in church are mouldy, breedeth a mighty bow. Older for shoes do wise men choose, and beach for cups or so. But when you have killed and your bowl is filled, your shoes are clean and worn. Back you must speed for all that you need to oak and ash and thorn. Sing oak and ash and thorn, good sir, all of our midsummer's morn. Surely we sing of no little thing but oak and ash and thorn. Elm she hates mankind and waits for every gust be laid to drop a limb on the head of him that anyway trusts a shade. But whether a lad be sober or sad or mellow without from the horn, he'll take no wrong when he lieth among neath oak and ash and thorn. Sing, O can ash and thorn, good sir, all of our midsummer's morn. Surely we sing of no little thing but O can ash and thorn. Oh, do not tell the priest our plight, for he would call it a sin. For we've been up in the woods all night, conjuring summer in. And we bring you news by word of mouth, good news for cattle and corn. For now is the sun come up from the south with oak and ash and thorn. Sing oak and ash and thorn, good sir, all of our midsummer's morn. England shall bide till judgment tide by oak and ash and thorn. Welcome, good wilder people. This is Celtic God speaking. With us today is the Lord Keeper and Neil Aethelwolf Rundgren. I hope everybody's doing all right. We're here to discuss art. How are you doing today, Lorekeeper? I'm doing all right. I'm doing good. Um, how's Aether Wolf doing? He's the resident artiste. <laughs> Greetings and salutations, everyone. I'm a wild card, loose cannon, and a bumbling idiot. My name is Aether Wolf. <laughs> but no, I, <laughs> I'm not howling as everyone requested. <laughs> that is not going to happen. Ah, <laughs> uh, darn it. <laughs> but on a serious note, um, I haven't been well of late, as you may have already established, <laughs> because I did hit the burnout mark the other day, as I am quite overwhelmed by so many things, but I shall hopefully make a comeback in due course. And we're looking forward to that comeback. If the wolf do not let yourself get too burnt out, even a wolf needs to stop to rest every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, that, that uh, inspiration pool. Runs dry, and um, we're going to discuss the basically the history of art today. And um, with that, um, if you actually study the artists, there was periods of time where there was years where they didn't produce anything, 
And it wasn't because they was too busy touring the land. It was because they just ran out of inspiration. Just couldn't bring themselves to produce anything. Yeah, and it's it's weird how things have ended up in the modern day because that is not an option. Right. Uh, a lot of artists will even specifically like wait for like pop culture and stuff to drop stuff so they can make a really quick fan art to try and generate some some views. Yeah. So that their actual well, art now, can get sold. Yeah. Well, nowadays art has become quite essential. <laughs> oh, it's sort yeah. of become ingrained into our culture. Well, well, and you, you kind of wanted to start with, uh, what is art? Before, yeah. we, before we do that, I just want to say this really quick for anybody that's listening. There was a meme that came out where there was an artist working on the essential and the non-essential jobs from 2020. You know that whole thing that they were telling us about? Mm-hmm. Artists were one of the most unessential jobs according to that. Meanwhile, there's yeah. an artist making said graph. Right. <laughs> Go figure. So just just yeah. a, just a little uh, a little nugget of the modern wisdom. Yeah. The right, um, well, are idiots. Go. Go ahead. All right. Um, before I begin, let me just provide a rundown of what we're going to talk about today, or this evening, this morning, depends where you are. Um, <laughs> Well, today we're going to talk a little bit about art, what art means to me when I began my artistic endeavor, and what I hope to accomplish in the future, and I'll probably discuss my current and upcoming projects, as well as the magazine, if you guys wish, if you, cho- if you choose so. Well, if, to, if we have time, because uh, remember, uh, we're, we're kind of switching up a little bit, and we're going yeah. to do one-hour segments, so... Um, yeah. If we run out of time, then we can always discuss this later and, and can yeah, just no, continue on the conversation. Yeah. Just to uh, throw some talking points out there. Keep us yes. busy. <laughs> well, and who knows? I mean, we do have a little bit, uh, we do have a tendency to meander and we might figure, yeah. well, this one, this one piece of a topic might carry us two hours and it carries us five minutes or we'll think, yeah. <laughs> well, it's going to carry us for five minutes and then we talk about it for two hours. So, yeah. Uh, let, let's let's play the. Uh, I, I guess currently, right now, we're still playing the tunes by ear. So, uh, yeah. Did you have yeah. anything else that you wanted to try and discuss during this segment? Um. Well, okay. Well, <coughs> let me begin. So, firstly, I'm going to talk about what art means to me, as well as my understanding, definition, and interpretation of art. All right. Um. Art is the medium of imagination, as well as a means of escapism, whereby artists reshape reality through their imagination or craft an alternate reality to which they can escape. I guess for many artists, it is a coping mechanism to distract us from the tumult of an otherwise chaotic world. But our duty is to capture the beauty and essence of the mind and soul imagination and perception through the eyes of the beholder. Um, Likewise, some artists will paint from experience to express their understanding or perception of the world around them. For example, the art style macabre is, in most cases, a canvas of gruesome or grim details of the artist's experiences. Not necessarily as shock value, but to draw the viewer into his slash her world and become a participant of those experiences, 
Polish artist, I will more than likely butcher his name, therefore I'm not going to pronounce the whole thing, so I'm just going to say Polish artist Bixinski, Bixinski, I think it is, is a really good example of the macabre, drawing and painting bleak, depressing and often horrifying artwork based on his experiences of war. Needless to say, he was murdered in 2005 by an acquaintance. Um, regardless, there is a major contention within the art community because people are divided over the idea that art is a medium of expression. Well, technically it is. Because when you're out there painting an elaborate piece of a landscape, you're practically expressing your love of the environment through art. However, the idea itself has been corrupted by the vultures of art, as I like to call them, modernists Wait. and postmodernists. Like <laughs> you now that, believe... Like the guy that signed the, um, the what was that, a bedpan and called it art? <laughs> or the banana strapped to a wall. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. Um, okay, so modernists and po postmodernists who now believe that taking a dump on a piece of paper, displaying it in an art gallery as an exhibit, somehow is somehow a form of expression because of their desire to take a dump on a piece of paper. <laughs> mm. This defies the fundamental concept of expressionism, at least in its traditional sense. It is just simply uncouth behavior by mentally ill degenerates, nothing more. <laughs> right. Well, uh, it's sad because I saw a meme and I found out that this thing actually happened. And the meme might just be a meme. But somebody is at the, uh, at the museum and they dropped their glasses. And they, they yeah. walked around for an hour or two looking for the glasses. And then somebody, they, they found people gathered around it. And it was an art museum with modern art and yeah. old art. And there was people mm -hmm. gathered around it contemplating the meaning of the glasses laying on the floor, taking pictures, taking pictures in front of it. It's absolutely yeah. ridiculous when things can get that far. It's just, it blows my mind. And yeah, I thought it was just a meme, but then I looked into it. And even if that is a meme that's going reality, around, yeah. it's based on reality, yes. Yeah, there, there was an instance when someone actually placed a rock in the middle of, or sort of like a rock or a stone, in the middle of the um, exhibition floor. But most people who were there honestly thought it was an exhibit. <laughs> they were taking pictures of this stuff. That's when you take that, that whole, well, it's just an expression of, of uh, yeah. how was it that you worded it? An expression of uh, the artist's feelings or whatever? Uh, too far. Yeah. Too far. Too far. It, yeah, it just it just highlights how far art has deteriorated over the years. No. Because now everything constitutes art. No, like even if one picks their nose, so that right. constitutes art. Oh uh, yeah, and there's some really grotesque stuff out there. But like yeah. as far as um, the old masterwork paintings, some of, I like a broad variety of stuff. You and me, we've had uh, several discussions about art, but some of them. Yeah. I, they're the grotesques, the the grotesque paintings, mm -hmm. not necessarily yeah. the horrible and bloody and um, the the macabre pictures, but yeah, the unsightly stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but they're, they're actually classified as as grotesque, and I think it's the reason why yeah. I like them is um, it's if you can appreciate that that little bit of darkness, it makes it easier to appreciate the bounty of of light that's around you. However, yeah. if artists are only doing the grotesque, only doing the macabre, then art 
again takes a bad turn. It, it, really, there should be a uh, spectrum, but a rock on the floor mm. or a pair of glasses that got dropped should not be on that spectrum at all. Um, no. <laughs> but, um, because that is just utter laziness. <laughs> right. And I, I, I know various artists' names, but I can't put the names with the art pieces because, honestly, to me, it doesn't mean that much. Um, yeah. But some of the ones I like, uh, like, well, obviously, I like your art because you do most of the art for us uh, yeah. that we use. And you're, you're getting better and you're getting, like, this, this broad variety of, uh, of abilities. But one of the ones I like is, yeah. um, I think it's Da Vinci did it. Where it's the night sky, and it, it's all like blues, and you can see the the stars swirling Ooh. around. But what you gotta do is kind of step back and blur your eyes, and then you can see what it is. Or there's some of them where it's yeah. like fields of of posies or something, some kind of flower, yeah. and everything's just a little yeah. bit out of focus until you don't actually look at it, and then you can see that they're flowers. Yeah. Because a lot of the artwork is in actual fact layered to give the impression that multiple things are happening on the composition itself. Right, and, and um, this is one thing that I brought up to you before, and uh, I think because I know that you've been playing around with real physical mediums a little bit, but I noticed mm -hmm. like some of the, uh, the old um, masters, everybody thinks of them painting with, uh, with paintbrushes, but they didn't all do that. Some of them painted with um, trowels, yeah. And would literally yeah. layer the paint on top of each other and kind of move it around with the trowel. It gives it a really yeah. neat three-dimensional feel. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, there, there are a few um, different types of tools people would use back then, especially trowels. Um, you'll have scalpels, stuff like that, to define certain forms, I guess. Um but yeah, the thing about art is that you can use anything you'd like to create whatever it is you have in mind. For example, um, I, I like to think that mixing paint is an art unto itself because it's quite difficult to achieve the, the right colors. Mm -hmm. But of course, the tools in itself are instrumental as you need this particular tool to say, if I want to paint that tree, well, you need a feather brush to dab leaves and stuff like that, or you'll need um, a scalpel to sort of um, define the contours of the tree, etc. Therefore, as an artist, one must diversify their tools. You cannot just use one brush or else it's, it's just going to look odd. It's going to look unnatural in a way. Right, I, I think that's one of the things that um, a lot of beginning artists do. Because believe it or not, I can actually paint yeah. a little bit. and I used to be rather decent at drawing, but... Uh, life happened and I, I stopped. It's something that I want to pick back up again when life slows down a little bit. Yeah. But uh, I do yeah. actually, people out there, believe it or not, Celtic God does understand a little bit about art, um, which is <laughs> partly what drew me to Eighth Wolf is I recognize that there's a talent and a passion there. Um, yeah. Illumination, or, uh, illuminations is something that, that we're starting to look into, but what is that painting style? Uh, 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 Illuminism. Yes, Luminism. That is another whole beautiful series of painting styles. And yeah. yes, paint uh, art does go beyond paintings. But paintings yeah. is... Uh, that's where we're focusing for right now. And if you don't like it, just hold on. We'll probably yeah. get something else. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that, well, that's the thing. Um, 
most paintings are a combination of various genres. For example, luminism is a subgenre, which I do believe is an American genre. It was um, invented, was, uh, I guess you can say it was invented over there. Um, but yeah, wasn't it was, like 1800s, and uh, it was some guy yeah, that was, was doing like the Western, um, the Western. Um, yeah, I've actually have a whole segment on that. Um, once we once we're done here, we can discuss the. Um, we can discuss how luminism sort of is, um, became an integral part of the Romantic era. Well, and, especially. Um, I was going. Sorry, go I, I, oh, I was just going. I was trying to think if I had if anywhere on our on our platforms because you did a, a painting where where you was kind of playing with that a little bit. I don't think mm-hmm. the banner on um, the Wilder Homes Project dot life uh, site. Well, maybe a little bit, but there was another one that you did with Mountain, and I can't remember where that is. Where where, where it is that that's posted at? If we um, even have that posted, um, I I do not think I sent that to you. Um, hang on, I can quickly. Maybe I just saw the, it. Um, okay, I can quickly forward the painting to you now. Um, right. Well, nobody's going to be able to see it, but I'll put it up somewhere, and if anybody follows okay. the Telegram, they'll be able to find it because I'll yeah, post they'll be it on there and then uh, sh- show them where it is. Yeah, they're, they're, they will be able to find the painting on my Telegram channel. It is ah, there, okay, which perfect. I must say, yeah, which I must say has generated, I think, over 1,050 views. Which is quite impressive. <laughs> yeah, especially for such a small channel, because you got what two hundred, two hundred. I have a hundred and twenty-four. Oh, I oh, I overestimate your power, good sir. <laughs> but uh, and, and the reason why I think it's got so many views is one, uh, everybody knows that's a modern painting, or at least I think they do. But the, yeah, the thing is, is yeah. beauty is is it's not actually being created right now. Well, it's not that it's not being created. Beauty is in short demand today. And, and today's Very world. much so. And, and again, uh, the, the grotesque, the macabre, these things can also be beautiful. Well, and mm-hmm. it's why I often describe it as quality. Mm-hmm. Because quality does not have to be pretty. It can also be yeah. hideous. But whether or not it's, you know, the Medusa talisman on an old Greek shield mm-hmm. or a Da Vinci masterpiece, both of them have quality. It's not yeah. necessarily... There's something further there, and that's what's missing. Because you can get pretty far out there with art and still mm-hmm. have some quality to right. it. Well, and then some people might confuse that with um, complexity. Art doesn't always have to be complex. Um, because I was sharing with nice. you some some beautiful old sketchwork, and it, they're really simply done. But there's just something about the quality of it; it's just beautiful, even though it's just a sketch. Well, some of the most famous art pieces are sketches, like for instance, uh, Da Vinci's Vitruvian Man. Right. That's just a sketch. He never made that artwork. Well, and yeah. that's that's still kind of complex. But there there's um, some of them, like uh, when we was. Uh, I'm kind of jumping forward a little bit, but when we was looking for images for the uh, the Birch Tree um, article in the the upcoming magazine, that one yeah. there, yeah, we came across all kinds of beautiful sketches of birch trees. Absolutely, and they, they, most of them were 
relatively simple images, but there was just something about them that was just just yeah. gorgeous. And I, man and I managed to find an exquisite art piece by someone after we had finished the magazine. I thought, oh, oh yeah. there's an actual painting of a birch tree. And I thought, oh, my word, we just missed that one. <laughs> well, I, I'm impressed yeah. because we managed to uh, do in about two weeks-ish what it usually takes yeah. a crew of 30 people several months to do. Well, yeah. and you, you point out simplicity. And this is something that I think a lot of people are missing right now is um, this that beauty is in simplicity as well. Like right. there is some beauty to something extremely complex. Right. But on the same yeah. token, it's just because it's complex does not automatically make it art. Right. Well, and that's that. like a lot of your artwork. It's the image itself is simple, but there's a complexity to the way that it's put together. And yeah. that combination, too, creates a kind of beauty that is, you just find yourself staring at it and then going back to see it more. Well, and there is a very big, mm -hmm. and I'd like to point out, um, since we're on sort of complexity versus simplicity, as well as the mm -hmm. quality, uh, and often an example we use for grotesque as a form of yep. uh, quality, as sort of the mm -hmm. inverse, not the inverse, because that implies it's not beautiful, but it's beautiful in a different yep. way that beautiful is not a good word for it. And that's Krampus masks. Oh, yeah. And this is the weird thing yeah. with Krampus masks, is I adore Krampus masks. Um, so but, much so that you're going to do what you can to try and carve one here. Yes, soon. whether it's for Halloween or Yule, I'm going to try and get one going for that ye old fertility god of the Alps. And, and he knows the first one's going to suck. Oh, but yeah. it's going to be his first yeah. one. But the um, the Krampus mask, there's some really neat ones. And it's actually like a whole business. Like You can find people online that like part of their whole job is making Krampus masks. Um, yeah. But I'm going to be honest. As cool as they look... Um, I don't like the silicon ones as much as I do like the really old ones. Right, like the, the ones, ones made out of leather and wood. Leather and wood and actual horns. All right, and bone yeah. and teeth. And, and it's not that I want them to go out and hunt all the freaking Ibexes like so that. that they can yeah. have plenty, but the silicon masks, they look cool and they, they work. I'm not going to say they don't work. Right. But... They don't have that, that organic, solid feel. Yeah, it's, it's just like a Halloween mask. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that kind of robs a bit of the magic out of it. And it's not as much as a... It's not to... I hate using this word because it's so overused in the wrong way, but totemic. Because these huh? these costumes with Wilderman customs are often embodying spirits or deities, so there has to be a quality behind them. Well, and they still make them, by the way. Um, they still carve them out of wood, even though most of them no longer have actual leather teeth or, but, and some of them will have bone, but most of them don't even have actual bone anymore, but they're hand crafted, which gives it a, a, a solid feel, I guess. Yeah. Um, a lot of the, the fur costumes that you see when they're bouncing around, that's full fur. It's, they're not real furs. Some of them are, some of them aren't. Many of the costumes have been passed down through generations, so there's still a lot of the, the old stuff, but they yeah. still have a very similar feel because they're handcrafted versus the latex. Well, and I think that's part of the quality aspect is the timelessness. 
Yeah. Does your is yeah, your art a flash in the pan or will it last a long time? Right. You know, it's sort of like I'm I'll be honest, I'm very critical of three D animation. It's beautiful. Like I will not take that away from Moana or Frozen, even though I think the latter is a terrible film and nothing will convince me otherwise. <laughs> um they are Oh very shoot, hold on. Hold your thought. Gotta cut for a commercial work a few minutes over. So we're going to cut for a commercial break right here, and we will be right back. Thanks, Thank you, everybody, that's listening to the podcast. All right, and we're back, and uh, we was talking about uh, Krampus Mast and then Frozen, and... Well, what I was getting at is timelessness. Right. And the problem with 3D yeah. is there's... The early 3D did not age well, so it's borderline unwatchable by today's standards. Mm -hmm. And the new stuff is right at the edge where it's going to hit Uncanny Valley. They already had this with the, the Lion King remake, where they look realistic, but you can still tell they're digitally animated, and it's actually creepy. Um... And I think this is because we've hit the point where it looks realistic enough that if you go any farther for anything other than like a CGI background in a movie, it doesn't work for. It will no longer be. Yeah, it will no longer be convincing. Well, exactly because you know it's animation. So what's the point of getting yeah. increasingly realistic? Well, and there is also this thing too, um, and it happens with even paintings, where realism. Realism yeah. cannot be too realistic, otherwise then you fall into... It has to be the right amount of realist, uh, realistic. It yeah. can't be too realistic if it's not realistic enough. Because that falls into that thing called the uncanny valley. And you can find examples yeah. of this, even in paintings that's hundreds of years old, when they started uh, painting and pursuing realism. Some of them are so good they look like photographs. So realistic yeah. it looks like a photograph. Others... Especially when it comes to people, they hit that uncanny yeah. valley where it's just off enough that it doesn't look like a real person, but it's too realistic to look like a painting. So it, it, it doesn't even um, enter that grotesque. Yeah, it's... There, there are a few artists who have managed to perfect realism, such as, I think his name is Ivan Shushkin, a Russian artist who, has, who painted some of the most exquisite artwork I'd ever seen, especially the painting of the bears. And I think he had a, a painting of bear cubs frolicking mm -hmm. over a fallen log mm -hmm. in the forest. That, to me, is what realism should look like. Because you can clearly see it's a painting, but not so much as um, indistinguishable from a photograph. Right. Precisely. Yeah, he managed to stop just short of that uncanny valley, but without crossing yeah. into the complete realism. Cool. Um, and... and um, You've been working on painting animals for a while. How complex would yeah. you say fur is? Very. It's it, it's complex, but I think most people will say it is a tedious process. It really is, because one would have to physically paint every strand, which is what I do. I mean, sometimes the fur I would paint, for example, the bear I'm, on which I'm working right now, just that small little segment of his... Um, upper torso by the shoulder bump that that alone took me about three to four hours right well and the reason why i bring this up is because some people's like 
Oh, fur, what problem is that? You just put in a few lines and call it a day. It doesn't work like that. No. <laughs> it works like that. You have, in, to, you in have to layer it. Yeah. It works like that in cartoons, but not if you're trying to make it yeah. look real. Right. Which, and I yeah, wanted to finish it, up It works this. in vector art. <laughs> or it, works, it, it will work as a vector art. Well, and I was using the example of the 3D animation, but to get to 2D animation, just to finish up that thought, you have Wolfwalkers and Klaus, uh, which are two recent animated films. You mm -hmm. can take a still from either of those mm. films. Pretty much any still. Any still from either of those films, and it looks like an art book. It looks like a children's yeah. artwork. It's yeah, not... no, the, the style of Wolfwalkers, I must say, is quite extraordinary. It's one of my favorite styles, mm -hmm. and the it's... 2D style. And I well, and really, I'd say film. any animated film, um, if they're mm -hmm. good, they're like that, where you can take just about any still out of the, the movie, yeah. and you'd be glad to put it up on your wall, because each frame yeah. is is an artwork of its own. Yeah. Um, and those two, those two films that you mentioned, they have what's considered simplistic art styles. Yeah, simple yet um, effective. Yeah, but are they really that simple when they're that high a quality? Well, and actually, what I yeah. what I refer to uh, animation specifically as is their stylized mm -hmm. artworks, uh, because the point of animation is not reality. They've actually tried like motion capture animation, mm -hmm. and it's terrifying. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> but the um, the. Wolfwalkers. The characters are stylized. They even have this situation with uh, Robin, the main character, uh, where she actually because they draw the forest with like erratic lines, like they're not as defined or boxed in. But then the actual yeah. city is very square. It's very defined. And as yeah. Robin progresses through the story, she her own outline is less and less defined and more and more wild, like. Uh, Maeve and a lot of the other characters. Right. So the yeah, artwork actually, so the artwork itself is actually telling a story. Precisely. Yeah, it's it's um, one of those uh, styles in uh, in which um, the background itself will just be flat, but the foreground will have some three dimensional um, quality to it. Mm-hmm. Well, and. Um... Old paintings, and this is especially true of like old Disney films, they would paint the backgrounds. Those are watercolor paintings. Mm -hmm. Usually and, done yeah. in glass, I believe. Yeah, and it's it's phenomenal. Like I have the utmost respect for like early Disney art style. Um, mm. But I I don't want to focus too much on animation. I was just using that as these digital well, animated films are not going to be timeless. Yeah, but these these two D animation, you know, it they have the potential to be so. Yeah. Well, the um, there's one artist who used to work for Disney. I do believe he's a veteran artist for about twenty years or so before he left. It's the same artist from whom I purchased a lot of my tutorials, such as the canine tutorials, and just recently I purchased a bear tutorial which he had on sale. Um. And this guy, I mean, he designed, also. Oh, sorry, he worked on Aladdin, Lion King, Hercules, stuff like that. But this artist, uh, his name is Aaron Blazier, or Blazier, mm -hmm. um, I'm not too sure how to pronounce the surname, but 
um, he is an exquisite artist because the tutorials are pretty um, detailed. They are exceptionally well done. They are clear. He explains point A to point B without so much as sort of skipping over certain segments um, or certain important aspects of the painting itself. There is this one, I think it's, it's a tutorial in which he discusses the, uh, the, the locomotion of a bear, which is fantastic because I really would like to learn how they would walk. Right. Or, or the well, and, and this is kind of yeah. a, a pat on the back to the uh, the animators out there because there, there's it, people now are animating. Um, for instance, the two movies just me just mentioned a minute ago. But a lot of people seem to think like uh, you, you brought up that this guy did the movie Hercules, and people are probably yeah. thinking, well, all he can do is those circular, round, loosey goosey characters. Well, no, mm -hmm. most animators are really accomplished artists and they can do yeah. many different styles well they have yeah. to because and, the moment um, and oh, sorry i was just going to say just a fun fact it's the same guy who directed brother bear oh and that's actually i know you don't like it but that's actually one of my favorite mm -hmm. disney films and what i was gonna say is it's be, they have to be because you have to do the style of character whoever you're working for so if you say um, are working for Disney, then you have to draw Disney characters. But then your might next job you might be animating for The Simpsons, or mm -hmm. uh, some indie project, and you kind of just have to take whatever work you can get. And the style of characters can range so drastically in there. Yeah, it changes. Yeah. Right, or you might get hired to do a, a hyper realistic image of. I don't know, a cat sitting in a litter box to get all modern art with it. Well, and there was actually an animated <laughs> film that came out uh, a few years ago. And what it was, was it was actually a, it was a passion project for people that loved Van Gogh. Mm -hmm. I think it was called Finding mm -hmm. Vincent or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. yeah. But they, they literally, every frame of that film is a Van Gogh-style painting. Every frame. Yeah. The, hey, it, this um, is... This, Go ahead. I was just going to say, this is the kind of effect an artist can have because, like Van Gogh, I mean, he's he's sort of that, uh, he's the most famous artist in the world. Uh, and he died penniless. And whether mm -hmm. people like or hate his work, yeah. I, I, it's a bit weird to describe it this way, but I almost describe Van Gogh's art as borderline uh, animistic. Mm-hmm. Because, mm -hmm. like, they've even pointed out, like, Starry Night, he actually painted, yeah. like, wind currents, which the human eye cannot yeah. actually see. But it's accurate to, yeah. like, recorded wind patterns. Well, and that, that's unfortunately the, um, the harsh reality that a lot of really accomplished artists out there face. If you can't sell your art you will probably die penniless or have to yeah. work for other people. So you... you it's you can the story do, of our lives. Right. I mean, you can do the art that you love, but the harsh reality yeah. of it is, if you want to get paid for art, you have to do what people will buy. People uh, will buy. That's it. That's why a lot of artists end up going... Well, unless, unless your name is Neil Rundgren and you're doing jobs for Celtic God, then you get thank you very much. Well, and <laughs> we are hoping to be able to fund Aethelwolf as our full-time artist at some point. Right. Uh, we're we're um, making moves I'll, towards it. What's that? Sorry, I'll, I'll just I just wanted to add. Um, whilst we're on this on this particular topic, another interesting example is um, still or frame sketching. 
uh, if we have a look at the music video Aha, that's another interesting style of art. Oh, I, you, I, I know what yeah. you're talking about, like where the, the know, animation the, the, the is the sketching. Me. Yeah, well, yeah, the that, take on me video. Mm, and yeah. that's that's an example of animation stylized. Right. Like, yeah. stylization is very, very important. Like, um, mm -hmm. oh, I forget who did it, but do the evolution. Like, it has that very 80s, almost like... Um, like heavy metal or like uh, I forget that one artist's name, but he made a lot of independent films and they're notoriously kind of odd. Like he made Fritz the Cat and um, I forget it, man. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, I, he also did like Wizards, but he he was like the person that was making a lot of indie films around the animation and. It might be a bit weird that we went from talking about art to talking about animation, but... But they're the same thing. It's just one moves. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And here's mm. the great thing about the... One of the things that's... Um, the old paintings, the, the, the best ones, the ones that actually jump out to people, even though it's a still frame, there's still motion in the picture. Even if it looks like everything's hanging lank and... and it's just frozen because it's a painting. Yeah. You can see movement in the painting. It's like a snapshot. Or uh, yeah. uh, another example of modern artists, uh, people that do graphic design work or uh, like if you have a book, someone did the cover. If you have... Uh, right, and a, some are better than others. Some are more imaginative to, than others because some like to do block text and then just slam pictures on it and call yeah. it a day. Well, and, and then others like to arrange things so that they kind of flow and tell a story. Exactly, and there are some that have written, have done series of paintings, like uh, the 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 pattern of empire. I think is I'm not sure yeah. that's not the actual name, but where it's like the Roman yeah. or Greek civilization, like the start, sort of that flourishing, uh, and then it's sort of the slow decline, and then the whole thing burns to the ground. Or they have another one where there's uh, a baby. In oh, a I, I think I know goes. what you're talking about. Is it the ones where they're in panels and it yeah. shows like a sliver of each yeah. one? Oh, yeah, it's, and it's yeah. like the same scene, but yeah, like different over parts three, of time. Yeah, but there, it's in panels all on the same picture, I believe. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the case. It might be. I've never seen it in person. Um, but the uh, then they also did one where it was the ages of man. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a person in a boat, and you have, you know, like, childhood, young adulthood, adulthood, elderly, old, and about to die. I do got a couple questions, yeah. and you can choose which one you want to answer right after we take a commercial break here. Um, so, again, thanks everybody that's tuning in to the, uh, into the podcast. It actually helps us out a lot so that we can keep bringing these things to you, and we're, we're saving up so that hopefully all the, the qualities get better. I know that uh, mine and Ike's voice are a little echoey, but we're, we're working on it. So uh, again, thanks for tuning in and listening to this upcoming commercial and we'll be right back. All right, welcome back. All right, so um, my question for you is, it's one of two things. 
What do you think about sculptures and and how they were in the, the past um, through various time periods? Or we could talk about paint and how it's made. Yeah, how it was um, made and how it's made now. And, and like mixing paint, etc. Which one would you rather yeah. discuss? Uh, we can begin with uh, sculpting, if you'd like. Sure. Because um, if, um, if you think about it, uh, most people, or most sculptors back then, specialized in that particular field. Therefore, they were able to create some of the most realistic uh, sculptures imaginable. Whereas if you compare some of the stuff nowadays, which once again falls under the category of modern art, which drives me effing insane, is how we're now suddenly erecting nonsensical, unsightly, and meaningless structures. True, such true as story. Poles. True story. Yeah, you know, such as a... I mean, recently I saw one erecting a pole with some tires swinging from it, and that is a public what? art. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Oh, wow. That's something, well, that, that's something which belongs in a junkyard. Because my... <laughs> My my least favorite one that I've seen in real life, um, it's at Myers. Uh, what what's that that uh, thing called here in Grand? Uh, it was some kind of uh, garden. Yeah, Myers Garden or something like that. Yeah. And it's supposed to be be like a, an art exhibit. I thought a yeah. power uh, a power tower, uh, an electric tower. You know the big the big big ones. I thought yeah, one of yeah, those yeah. had yeah. collapsed, and no, it was a <laughs> it was an artwork. I'm like, what? Like one of those radio towers. Yeah, yeah. It looked like it looked like it had collapsed and fell in on itself, like something ran into it. And this was supposed yeah. to be art. I thought it was a piece of scrap. I'm like, man, they should really yeah. all that thing out of there. No, no. Yeah. It has a freaking it's plaque. Ludicrous. It, it's it's disgusting. Well, and yeah, recently they had. Sorry, endless. I uh, recently. Well, I'm not too sure if it was recent, but they erected i think it was in france they erected a butt plug <laughs> oh my dear like, gods what the hell is that they uh. they actually erected that as public art well you know, within 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 uh, public space well and the right piece of art can have a massive impact it, it doesn't again this is where the quality bit comes in is it doesn't matter necessarily how good it is because, like, for example, like, uh, when we were at the park, there was someone who had uh, sculpted a giant uh, version of a nerve cell. Oh, yeah. And it was, was accurate. Yeah. And that was cool. No. But it's like, yeah. an, eh. It, the only reason yeah. it's memorable is because that Because was, it was accurate. Yeah. But, yeah. or... Um, it was much prettier than the fallen down electric tower. Well, yeah, there was worse there, but we've purged them from our minds. <laughs> um, but yeah. one of the coolest things, though, was um, uh, some of the bridges are named after... Uh, I'm sure that's not intentional, but after some of the European like animal Freya. gods, and then there's, if you look around, there's little statues. Statues of Reynard and things right. like that. Which is, it's that is epic, uh, epically cool. Yeah. Well, and there's also like sculpture gardens, and mm. it's one of those few places that art is still there. Because um, like there's a bunch of what look like god poles, but were are actually like uh, they represent people during like a historical moment in England. But there's a sculpture park where those mm -hmm. are, and they're really cool. Um, but they one of the most recent ones that has become very well known is the statue of the little girl on uh, Wall Street in front of the bull. Oh yeah, and it was a very yeah. feminist statement and. 
I have no problem with politics and art. I'm going to say that right now because there are pieces of art that have lasted a very long time that are technically political. But they can't mm -hmm. just be that. And one of the issues with the little girl in front of the bowl is there's absolutely no reason for it to be there. What they mm -hmm. think it represents is not what it represents. It's just a yeah. statue of a girl randomly in front of the bull. The reason there is a statue of a bull by Wall Street is for the bull market. Because mm -hmm. there's the bear in the bull market. The re the sticking the woman what? right there doesn't make any sense. So did they... Because um, I, I, I don't know if it's the same statue. I think it is. But it is a little girl... And there's a bull, and she's reaching up to touch it on the nose. Is that the statue that you're talking no. about? No. Okay, because the one I'm thinking of is an amazing statue, and I just my heart just cracked when when I heard you say that it was a political thing. I'm like, oh, no, that's so sad. One, that one, don't worry about it. But this one specifically, and the only reason I bring it up is because, like you just pointed out, exact same two kinds of figures, bull and little girl, and it made your heart just just crack a little. Mm -hmm. But this other one, because yeah. it's, it doesn't make any sense. Right. Well, it was, and, it was yeah, it was a political statement. That, right. That's and, and see, the one I'm thinking of, it's um. When, when I look at that, it's like strength and innocence, and the innocence is reaching for the strength. It's not about to get crushed by the, by the big strong bull. It is literally innocence, reaching for the strength, yeah. and it, it's. It's just, to me, it's awe-inspiring. And, yeah, it kind of yeah. hurt my heart a little bit to think of that being a political statement. I'm like, what kind of monster would, what? Well, and some of the most important art can actually end up being rather random. Like, for instance, the Thinker, one of the most famous statues on the planet. That was actually, uh, there's a smaller version, which is what it was originally designed for, mm -hmm. that's on a completely different, much less well-known sculpture, which is uh, the Gates of Hell. And the Thinker yeah. is right at the top. It's much smaller, mm -hmm. but it's at the top of these Gates of Hell. And that's where that originated. Well, and um, well, you, you first brought up the, the very old, really lifelike... Um, Sculptures, like a lot of people are familiar with the sculptures from uh, uh, Greece and Rome. And some of these are well over a thousand years old. Well over a thousand years old. Yeah. Um, and they was able to achieve that kind of realism then. But then they, um, they, they'll tote out these, these sculptures that's sometimes way older than those. Um, from further north and they're like oh ha 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 look at how crappy these sculptures are because it's like wads of, of clay and they might have been done that that way but nobody would call those masterworks but uh, mm. a lot of art historians like to pretend this is the best art that they could do I would argue no that is yeah. what survived and or mm -hmm. Another possibility exactly. is that's what they chose to do because they might not have wanted to represent the human body in that way. But um, a few years doesn't make that drastic of a difference when it comes to, I don't know, sculpting clay is sculpting clay. If you can do, mm. if you can sculpt clay realistically now, you could have sculpted clay realistically 10,000 years ago because clay is clay. Yeah. Well, and yeah. Around 50,000, because I know what you're talking about. You're talking about like the Lowenmensch and yeah. uh, the Venuses. But what about the stone carvings? Some of those are really highly detailed. They're ugly as fuck. 
but they're really <laughs> highly detailed. And this is yeah. after eons of weathering. Well, and the uh, the uh, the I forget the name of the cave, but the um, the French caves with all the cave paintings, mm -hmm. like the sorcerer and the cave bears. Mm -hmm. The cave bears yeah. are fifty thousand years old. Yeah, it, mm -hmm. which shows that. Uh, yeah, because um, um, do you know the name of the cave off the top of your head? I, I can find um, it real yeah. quick. Okay. Um. Whilst Antlers <laughs> Google's that one. Um. Yeah, what I find quite worrisome is how most uh, sculptors of today can no longer recreate or replicate sculptures of a bygone era because the ones who can do that are basically fading away as the generation begins to move on to something else. Or each generation, they simply show a lack of interest mm -hmm. of some sort, which I find to be a bit of a concern, but there is some evidence of revivalism taking place whereby m most whereby old or should I say veteran sculptors are now training young people who are interested in sculpting to take up the the position to you know to take up the torch of, of sculpting right, and well, continue that legacy because I fear that you know we are slowly moving into an that is going to just completely disappear uh, therefore, it's going to be replaced by unsightly shite, you know, unsightly erections, which make no sense whatsoever. And, and that, is, that is a bit of a tragedy, as far as I'm concerned. Well, and I actually have an interesting point to bring up on that, but I'm going to say it was Chauvet Cave or Chauvet Cave uh, in France. Yeah. So, so yeah. check that out, people. And that's how old? Uh, the, they vary because some of those paintings. Uh, are well, 10, est 000, estimated 50, the the one that you're talking about with with the bear. Fifty thousand years. Fifty thousand years old, and it's just an outline, but it's so freaking detailed. If they could do that fifty thousand years ago, what makes you think that they couldn't take the time yeah. to uh, make something that actually looked good, made out of clay or carved out of wood? And again. Uh, just because you don't do it or just because there's no evidence left doesn't mean that it wasn't done. Precisely. I mean, we, we've lost how much uh, during the Dark Ages yeah. after uh, Rome fell? Yeah, how, how much stuff was destroyed? The Druids, how, much, how much stuff is destroyed now? Or the Druids being killed? I mean, everyone likes to forget about that one. But um, um, one thing that does actually make me happy is there is, like you was mentioning, there is actual concern today about... Um, the quality of art dropping too low and certain things being forgotten or lost and people being unable to do these kind of art uh, again. And I don't want to show for somebody that's not in our sphere. Um, but Jazza um, on YouTube, he, uh, it's a YouTuber, and he's silly and he's goofy and he's very, very modern. But he actually cares about art. And I, I enjoy watching him. Um, although there's certain aspects about that annoys me, but he works in a lot of different mediums and he is constantly speaking out against modern art. And he may not be Wilberfolk, yeah. but he's got a good soul. So that's a yeah. good heart. Yeah. And another example, uh, sorry, um, another example is a YouTuber called Slu, who I think is fantastic. I mean, the guy is, he's very modern, but my word, his artwork is exquisite it really is because he can define i think his um speciality is skulls mm -hmm. or, or um he's able to 
perfect the human anatomy, especially skulls. So, well, um, yeah, his, speciali his speciality happens to be that, that particular body part, but my word, can he paint, or sorry, can he sketch a skull? It is so realistic that it, it virtually becomes indistinguishable from a real skull. Like it should be um, in an anatomy book? Mm. Well, that's another example yeah, basically, of yeah. overlooked artists. Uh, before pictures, how do we have anatomy? Because we have a really good artist that could draw Oh, you mean really before photographs? Yeah. Yeah, and... and well, yeah, the ability to sketch and draw is, uh, uh, like, you're looking in the old textbooks, for instance, the old ones, there's some really good art in those, and, and everybody overlooks yeah. the, the art in the, the manuals, the, the art in the, the textbooks. I mean, these things are important. Well, like Gray's Anatomy, and it's not just a terrible soap opera, um... But he but, means the actual book. Yeah, the book it's named after. It has absolutely gorgeous um, illustrations. Illustrations of uh, anatomy, and the person. First of all, the person who drew that had a very good stomach. Yes. Um, but I, I don't know if this is true. But this is a story I heard in regards to um, sculpture because after. Um, Rome fell, that sort of Greco-Roman style had a major, uh, quite, uh, pun not intended, but renaissance mm -hmm. during the renaissance. Yes. A and uh, one of the most notable uh, artists during that time was Michelangelo. Mm -hmm. And supposedly, yeah. this is a story, I don't know if it's true, but Michelangelo, at one point, he sculpted something, then he broke off an ar arm, and he hid the rest of the statue in the dirt for people to find. Uh -huh. And they dug it up, and they were like, "We found a new Roman statue." Oh, that's and then, awesome! And then Michelangelo comes around with the the arm, just waving the arm, and to prove that he did it. Yeah, because he wanted to prove that he was on par with the masters of Greece and Rome. That is brilliant, actually. That is a, a whole level of brilliant. And and uh, with yeah. the with the old Roman and the the Greek. Uh, statues they're finding out and they, they've known for a while but they're getting better at figuring out the level of detail and realism that they painted these statues accurate yeah. skin tones which shows that they weren't africans yeah. oh. <laughs> and a lot of them were redheads yeah. actually yeah and a lot of them were redheads yeah. and what they're doing is they're picking yeah. up minute um uh dye particles yeah and interestingly enough nowadays we actually prefer to not paint them. Like, could you imagine, like, someone doing a Greek or Roman-style statue and then painting them today? Oh, people would yeah. freak out. Yeah, and let's be honest, it's beautiful. It would look unnatural. It, yeah. It, yeah. It's actually a testament to the skill of the Greek and Romans that they painted yeah. them, but they didn't have to. That's like yeah. the equivalent of having a canvas that you made yourself, and the paint yeah. is optional because that's how pretty it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, have you have you guys ever heard of the British physicist Robert Hooke? No. Mm. Not after Robert my Hooke. Head. Okay, well Robert Hooke he was basically um Sir Isaac Newton's arch nemesis <laughs> in a way. Oh, um, that, Robert that Hooke, guy. Yeah, I know who you're guy, talking yeah, about now. Robert <laughs> Hooke was a microscopic artist who was capable of sketching uh, microorganisms such as the flea. Have you ever seen his flea sketches? They yes. are unbelievable. They are inconceivable. The man could sketch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I have no idea how he's even able to see that close. 
but we are wrapping up here on idea. the uh, on the one hour mark. So we're going to call call the segment here. Um, so we can go ahead and give any um, last minute um, comments that we have, and I hope everybody comes back and joins us in our next segment, which will be posted probably a week or so after this one. I will say, artists, while they do not are not at the hierarchy of needs in the sense of food, shelter, water, fucking. Think of just how utterly boring and almost meaningless life would be without artists. And it it's something as simple as the patterns sewn on clothes, ancient traditions, uh, folk art, high art. Uh, even in the modern day, the artists that get hired for Magic the Gathering cards, like Seb McKinnon, ludicrously talented. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we are we are simultaneously devaluing art when the potential for a new renaissance is at our fingertips. The talent yeah. is there, but they must be recognized. And the reason for that, uh, sorry, the reason for that is is because we are now accommodating mediocrity. And that's the thing: is never strive for mediocrity. Mediocrity mm. is not typically allowed to live. In wild, in the wild. Like everything can kill you. Rabbits, they are deadly. They're adorable, but they're deadly. Don't believe me? Have one cut you down your veins with their sharp claws. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the Monty Python rabbit did not come out of nowhere. And that's another form of art. Just, just next time you watch Monty Python, those comedians are performing art. The, the people mm-hmm. that had to put all of the equipment, had to design all the sets, had to write it. These are all different forms of art, performance, writing, uh, just, and set design. And then you've got on top of that, uh, frick, I forget his name. He's such a, he's the only American, uh, Malcolm, no, not Malcolm Gladwell. That's a self-help author. Um, but the the American member of Monty Python, he literally drew animation just to do cutscenes randomly in these films. Like, art is all around us, and if we devalue it, then we deserve what happens after that. Tao out. Yeah. And now, now uh, uh, you can say, uh, you can do your wrap-up, uh, Neil. Uh, all right, um, yes... One thing we need to realize is that art is essential. It is an integral part of our very existence. Therefore, we must do what we can to preserve art. In fact, even continue its legacy in order for us to hopefully create beauty within a world which has shunned all things beautiful. All right. Therefore, it is important that we train aspiring artists to become the next generation of those who wants to bring beauty into our into our uh, into, sorry, into our world as part of our civilization so in a way please do not think that if you are an aspiring artist but your work is not up to standard well that's not the case because that is just a mindset but if you're willing to strive, if you're willing to persevere or even be determined to uh, become a great artist, then by all means, 
never give up. Go forth and produce something magnificent because we are desperately in need of artwork to um, undermine the, the, the chaos of today's society. People who think that, oh, well, you know, beauty, and yes, this is a, a very annoying expression, but beauty is in the eye of the beholder. But is it really? Right. I mean, how do you define beauty? Because a lot of people will say, well, beauty is subjective. Right? That, that particular artwork is subjective. Well, I'm sorry, I know the difference between something which looks like art, something which constitutes art, and something which looks like a pile of shite. Right? It's, it's quite easy to um, differentiate. But nevertheless, if you are an aspiring artist, by all means, please um, do what you can to refine your work Practice makes perfect, but never give up, all right? Because sometimes you may feel, well, I just drew this particular piece, but it didn't work out the way I envisioned. That's fine. It happens. It ha trust me, it happens all the time to even some of the most veteran artists who feel as if, well, I just spent three hours drawing this particular piece, but it didn't work out. Therefore, they scrap it and they start again. That's how you become a, an experienced artist. It's as simple as that. Therefore, never give up. Go forth and create something spectacular. Eighth Wolf out. All right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to uh, reinforce that notion myself. That we need to bring more beauty into the world because the world is full of ug ugliness. If the world was full of beauty, then we might need to bring some ugliness in it to help balance that out. But currently, right now, we need beauty in the world. And it doesn't matter really what form that takes it can be painting it can be pictures it can be sculptures it can be singing it can be building a building it can be making clothing it doesn't matter we need beauty in the world and on that note i'm going to um remind everybody that we are the gods of the future and we need to behave as such so on the way out the door i hope that you guys enjoy this rendition of oak and ash and thorn by the bread witch of all the trees that grow so fair, old England to adorn. Greater on on beneath the sun, but oak and ash and thorn. Sing oak and ash and thorn, good sir, all of our midsummer's morn. Surely we sing of no little thing, but oak and ash and thorn. Oak of the clay lived many a day, or ever in years began. Ash of the loam was a lady at home when Brute was an outdoor man. Thorn of the Downs or New Troy town from which was London born. Witness here by the ancient cry of Oak and Ash and Thorn. Sing Oak and Ash and Thorn, good sir, all of our midsummer's morn. Surely we sing of no little thing but Oak and Ash and Thorn. You that is old in church are mouldy, breedeth a mighty bow. Older for shoes do wise men choose, and beach for cups or so. But when you have killed and your bowl is filled, your shoes are clean and worn. Back you must speed for all that you need to oak and ash and thorn. Sing oak and ash and thorn, good sir, all of our midsummer's morn. Surely we sing of no little thing but oak and ash and thorn. Elm she hates mankind and waits for every gust be laid. 
To drop a limb on the head of him that any way trusts a shade. But whether a lad be sober or sad or mellow without from the horn, he'll take no wrong when he lieth among neath oak and ash and thorn. Sing oak and ash and thorn, good sir, all of a midsummer's morn. Surely we sing of no little thing but oak and ash and thorn. Oh, do not tell the priest our plight, for he would call it a sin. For we've been up in the woods all night, conjuring summer in. And we bring you news by word of mouth, good news for cattle and corn. For now is the sun come up from the south with oak and ash and thorn. Sing oak and ash and thorn, good sir, all of Amitimus morn. England shall bite till judgment tied by oak and ash and thorn. Yay! <laughs>